Hi there. Welcome to the Branch Life Podcast. We're so happy that you tuned in. Please join us today as we continue our series through the book of Matthew. Thanks for joining us online for our Branch Christmas series. We're so glad that you've joined us and we've prayed that God would use this series in your life in a special way. If this is your first time joining us or if you join us every time, we'd love to hear from you. So don't forget to fill out your online connection card. You can find that at branchlife.church. Also on our website, you can find all kinds of information about what we're currently teaching on. And if you're ready to join us in person, we'd love to invite you. If you fill out your connection card for the first time, we have a gift for you, a Matthew journal that we will send out to you. Uh, just don't forget to fill out that card. We're going to jump into this special series all about the different lights of Christmas, and we know God has a special message just for you. So thanks again for joining us, and enjoy this teaching. Welcome to the Christmas Lights series. This is the final and last part. And let me just remind you a little bit about what we've been talking about through the series on Christmas Lights. Uh, we've been saying that at Christmas, and Christmas time in particular, God brought light into the world. And there's different uh, uses of light that we've been looking at. And all of it starts with this oldest theme of the Bible, light versus dark. And from the beginning, there was darkness. But we remind ourselves that it was in the darkness God said, let there be light. And from that moment on, light began invading the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Starting with creation, and then into this broken world, God sends the light of Jesus. We looked at the starlight, the light that comes from creation itself, and how that points to God. We looked at the angel's light, and how they're given their light from the glory of God himself. And then over the last couple of Sundays, we've looked at the greatest light ever, Jesus, the light of the world. And his light has entered into the world and he's invading the darkness one heart at a time. And as we passed out the candlelight at our Christmas Eve service, we see the light spreading from one to many 
It reminds us of a couple of powerful themes. We are better together. We are brighter together. And when you have the light of Jesus inside of you, you're able to then spread that light to other people. And Jesus is in the business of invading the darkness one heart at a time, one light at a time, one life at a time. And then you having that light are able to live the everlasting life that God has empowered you to live, which brings us to the final light of Christmas. And, and this, this may be one of the most important truths that you walk into this next year in with. Remind yourself of this if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're exploring a relationship with Jesus, I want you to in, invite you into this conversation and opportunity. And it's living your life with this truth in mind. You are now the light of the world. It's an incredible transition to think in your mind that Jesus is first called the light of the world in John chapter 1, and we looked at that. And then through Jesus coming and rising, he teaches and he says this incredible statement right at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. We looked at the Sermon on the Mount as, as a church over this last year. And remember, blessed are, right, the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And he gives us all of that, that idea of taking a posture before God that says you're humble, you're low, and God provides everything for life for you. Our sin broke us and we need God to fix us. That's what the Beatitudes mean. And then immediately following that, he makes this statement, you are the light of the world. Let's look at it in Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, go there. Or if you brought your journals with us today, we're we're back into our book. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13, it just says this, You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall the saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except it be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. In the same way, let your light shine before others. I think it went too far. All right, I should be reading from the Bible. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Having just a little bit of trouble. I'm not sure what's happening. Sorry about this. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, as we go through this powerful statement, you are salt, you are the light of the world, at the, the command, right, the instruction, the marching order that you receive is found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, let your light shine before others. So if Jesus has come into the world, if he is in the business of fixing brokenness, if he did die on the cross and raise from the dead, how does that impact my life? It offers me salvation, it brings light into my life, Therefore, I will live differently and then causes me to shine or to live or to look a different way in front of others. So our command then is to let our light shine. And today we're just going to look at two pieces of encouragement, two truths, two principles, two statements, two kind of commands, two marching orders of how we can do just that. How in 2022... Could I let my light shine? 
How, how could God possibly use me in a powerful way moving from this moment? Maybe Christmas Eve was the day that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. That changes everything for this next year. Maybe you've been saved for a long time, but your light has been hidden. Or maybe you've been distracted. Or maybe you felt overwhelmed. Maybe, maybe back again the passion that you had at salvation is being reignited in your heart and your life. Then 2022, this next year, this next season, this ne next chapter, no matter what happens, may be the greatest opportunity that God has for you yet. Wrapped up in every problem, wrapped up in every challenge, is an incredible opportunity to be light. So here's, here's what we're going to look at first. Let your light shine. The first principle that I see from the verses that we read are simply this. Fight to stay bright. Fight to stay bright. Now in verse 13 it says, you are the salt of the earth, right? But immediately it says, if the salt loses its saltiness, if the salt loses its taste then it's worthless. It's going to get thrown out. Here's, here's what I see from that, right? It is possible to lose your brightness. It is possible to shield or to cover up the flame of Christ that's in your life and in your heart. And you have to be disciplined. You have to be active like a soldier, like an athlete, like a warrior in fighting to stay bright. You will not stay bright naturally. There's too many forces of darkness pushing against you. There's, there's too many people that want to stop your flame from, from shining. The world doesn't want to see your light, so it's going to push it away. Satan doesn't want you to live bright, so he's going to attack it. It's going to become fleshly. Your old self is going to come out again, and you're going to be hearing lies, and it's going to, it's going to cause your flame to be hidden or sheltered or lost. So you have to stay bright, and the Bible is full of ways to fight to stay bright. The instructions all throughout the New Testament teach us about rhythms, teach us about patterns, teach us about actions and steps that we can take to fight for our brightness. Remember last week, we said that knowing God is not depth. Knowing God is just the beginning the deeper your faith goes, the more that you will do. In other words, if you're going to be bright for Jesus, your life has to look different than everybody else's. As I look at the world right now, I, like you, am reminded of darkness everywhere. If you start looking at the patterns and the activities and the newsreels of this world, you quickly become overwhelmed by the enormous amount of evil, by the enormous amount of wickedness, by the enormous amount of problems, by the enormous amount of challenges. Just, just this week alone, I've clicked on my fair share of articles or they've come across my news feed or my live stream. And, and some of the articles that I've looked at over this past week ha have reminded me of some staggering numbers. Over 51% of teenage girls, teenagers and under, 51% are, are struggling with anxiety and depression right now. That, that is a rise to a level that's never been seen before. Do you know what that means? One out of every two girls is struggling with, with anxiety and depression. Uh, 
thoughts of suicide, thoughts of that they're not good enough. They can't live up to the expectations of those people around them. Panic in, in trying to make decisions and move to the next day. And it's invaded our kids. The, the suicide rates among not only kids but adults are at the highest level that they've ever been at. I, I've just read those, those items this week. I, I look back, too, at an article and a graph that started talking about addiction. In Canada, just in 2020, I just happened to read this fun fact. It's not fun. It's actually terrible. There have been 3,500 deaths from opioid use in 2021. That's up from years past where the, the average number was just over 2,000. That's a huge increase. They had over 80,000 hospitalizations due to substance abuse. Up from the years before. That's just one country, that's just one stat. And we know that those stats are, are rising. In, in that same article, it started looking at the horrible reality of, of trafficking. Where young men and young women, adult men, adult women are used and sold all over our planet. It's estimated that 50,000 people were brought into the United States for the sole purpose of sex trafficking over this past year. 50,000. Most of them from South America. It's estimated that there are, are over 20 million people on the sex trafficking market now. 20 million. That's daughters. That's sisters. Kids. We live in a broken world. Well, how can it get that bad? Those same stats start looking at how many people, even in the religious community, would say, admit to the fact that they're addicted to pornography online. In the religious community, in men, it's, it, the stat that I read this week was over 50% addicted, not even just exposed. The total number in the religious community, and this is a religious community, was over 35% men and women addicted to it. And yeah, that's going to have some sort of significant impact in our mind. That's going to have some sort of significant impact in our relationships. That's going to play out in trafficking around the world. It's a dark place that we live in. And now we're trying to raise families and, and bring up children in this place. If you were born after 1996, the average amount of screen time that you have in a day is 7.9 hours. 7.9 hours. There's 24 hours in a day. Like eight or nine of those, you're probably sleeping. Seven point, because of the phone. You keep turning, because of the Netflix. Because of the binge. Because of the computer, right? 
And, and all of this is now being poured into our brains. You're, you're being constantly told to download information, to know what's going on in the world, to be exposed to things now at, at ages that we, we at those of us born in the 70s and 80s, would have thought was crazy, but even our parents thought that was crazy how early we were exposed to all the information, all the data, all the stuff that goes on in this world. How in the world are we supposed to shine in this dark world? What God is calling you to do as a Christian is he's calling you to look different than this world. He's calling you to act differently in this world. He's calling you to think differently. So much so that your actions, what you find to do, your words, what you choose to say, what you choose to listen to, where you choose to go, all of those very practical things will be different than the world. You see, if you're following Jesus you will have a radically different path than the world. You will have a different day. You will have a different outlook. You will have a different vocabulary. You will have a different style. You are, you are the living alternative lifestyle to our world. And you should be demonstrating to the world by the way that you live that there is something different about you. There is something that causes you to make choices that other people wouldn't make. There's something that's causing you to parent differently in this world. There's something that's causing you to use your finances in a different way than the world uses the finances. There's something that's causing you to be entertained in a different way than the world is being entertained by. So that your light can shine brightly. Yes, there is plenty of examples of how to follow the things of this world. Christians are the living light to how to not follow this world. And so you have to fight in your heart to stay bright. So that you don't get sucked into the same pitfalls, the same dangers, the same sins that the world falls into. So we don't have the same patterns, so we don't have the same kind of rhythms. It's drastically different that the way we date should be different. The, the way that we, the, the way that what we laugh at should be different. And so we fight for that. So the Bible teaches us some tools that we have to stay bright in the midst of a dark world. So it transforms what we do. And let me just kind of give you these and leave them with you. I want to give you these assignments to check out these passages this week. I'll mention them. You probably know them. But first and foremost is the power of confession. How can you fight for brightness? You need to tap into the power of confession. I posted on my social media this week a quote that I've, I've used several times throughout the years. But it's this. If you've gone for an extended period of time without confession, it's not that you've become a better person. It's that you've become callous to your sin. Confession should be a regular rhythm in the life of a believer because we realize how often we miss the mark and how often we fall short. How many times just this past week has something happened in your brain from your words or with your hands that were against God's principles and standards? And did we stop and pause and confess those things? I was tossing and turning last night. I was having an argument in my brain. You, you know, I've, I've talked to you about this before. 
that's when I get the most upset is when I'm arguing with somebody I'm not actually talking to. I come up with this great argument, and I come and I'm going to discuss things, and I'm going to really show them. And I remember in that moment where I was just, I, I was literally, I was tied up in knots in my brain, tied up in knots in my heart, kind of tossing and turning, going back and forth. And I, I, finally, I finally realized, and it came to this moment, and I was like, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm trying to handle something that only you can handle. And I don't even, I, in that moment, and even as I'm standing here today, because it's fresh with me, I don't really even know how to pray about it, that thing I was arguing with. So I literally, I literally went like this. In my mind, God, get him. Take care of it. That's yours. And, I, and then I also, I remember doing this, I, okay, and me, I need help. Could you give me some help? Give me some peace. Could you help me rest? It started with the power of confession. Realizing that I am wrong. That I am a sinner. That I missed the mark. And that is the most powerful first step that we can take. You cannot become a follower of Jesus until you realize that you're a sinner. That's the first and most basic principle. For Christians, we understand that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But so many people hear that word and they say, yeah, everybody else but me. But no, I'm the sinner. And Paul would say, and I would agree with him, I'm the chief sinner amongst men. And the more I know God, the more I see God, the more I realize his beauty and his brilliance and his perfection, the more I realize how much of a sinner I am. And how I have nothing to offer. And so I confess my sins before God. If you have your Bibles, just I, want, I just want you to think of this. First John, but let's start actually in verse 6. First John chapter 6. Let me just read this as an encouragement to you today. And maybe in this moment, maybe in this moment, you need to have a, take a little time to confess. Maybe God is bringing something up in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit. Maybe it's an action from the day. I feel like I need to say this. Maybe it's an action from the distant past. That you've just not confessed yet. Maybe it's a, an attitude you've held in your heart. Maybe it's something that you are knowingly, continually involved in that you know God does not approve of, but you've been letting it happen. Maybe it's just once and done. It was a mistake that you did not intend to repeat, but you got involved again. 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie. And we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And in the blood of Jesus, his son cleanses us from sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, it's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The power of confession. The first time you realized you were a sinner and that only Jesus could forgive you of your sins, you accepted him into your life as personal savior, that was the moment you became a part of the family of God. You have not yet done that. Today could be the day where you accept Jesus as your personal savior, confess your sins, repent, and trust in him for your salvation. He died for your sins. He loves you so much. That's why he was born. 
But for those of us that have accepted Jesus, our salvation is secure. It is so easy to get tangled back up into the sins of this world. We must continually be involved in that spirit of confession. It should be daily that we go before God and confess our sins. You do not need a priest to talk to, to make you feel better. You are a priest. You can go directly to God and confess your sins at any moment, in the moment. Name it, apologize for it, and turn from it. The power of freedom that comes from confession. And then there is an incredible value that we have in constant connection. And I want to say this two ways, and this is the main theme of Branch Life Church. Constant connection is one of the most precious, valuable things that you can have in your walk with God as you fight to stay bright. This constant connection with God and with community. In John chapter 15, our theme verses for Branch Life Church, it says, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, apart from me you can do nothing, but connected to me you will bear much fruit. That constant connection to Christ must be a regular rhythm that you go through. The Bible tells us to be daily connected to his word. The law of the Lord, do I meditate day and night, right? And Joshua says, I got to fight this battle. I got to be bold. So I'm going to meditate on the law of the Lord every day. Do you read God's word? Is it precious to you? Are you looking forward to opening God's word when we come together weekly? Then as we gather as a church, that constant rhythm of gathering first as a big group on Sundays to celebrate the resurrection, to connect to God and worship, then in our small groups to fellowship and care and do life together. Those are the most valuable moments of your week. Yet we so often put those moments on the back burner. I'll read God's word tomorrow. I'll pick up his word later. I'll get to it some other time. There's too many more precious things that I have to do. I'm not going to go to worship this week. I'm not going to be a part of the church this week. I can't make it to my small group. There's so many other things that are going on. I just have to, what happens? Our value system gets upside down and then we wonder why we look like the world. But when I fight to stay bright, my schedule is different because what the church offers is not a sermon and three songs and check and done. The valuable thing about the church is that the church offers you constant connection and a regular rhythm in your week to God's word. What if all the air conditioning went away, all the comfortable seats went away, all the convenient service times went away? Would we, would we still think that God's word was enough of a reason to gather? The church offers us constant connection to God's word. Two, the church offers us constant connection to worship. So that I can now lift in one voice with many people my praises to God. And three, the church offers us constant connection to Christian brothers and sisters, community. That community of faith, along with worship and word, is so important. One of the things that has been in danger during this COVID pandemic is a break from our community. To be disconnected from the, from the body, from the family of Christ. But there's such value in that constant connection. My faith family has been there for us in our deepest and darkest times. And my 
faith family has been used by God in incredible ways in our life. And if you have had any relationship with a church that loves to follow Jesus, you've experienced the same thing. You know exactly what I'm talking about, how important that constant connection is. Abide in me and let my word abide in you. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. But if you abide in me and my words abide, you can bear much fruit. And then the beauty of transformation. All of this should cause us to look differently and to be transformed. Romans 12, 1 and 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have this constant decision to make, do I follow Jesus and look like him, or do I follow the world and do I look like the world? You have to make that decision every day. And when you make the decision to follow Jesus, it transforms you. And that's what the Word of God is all about. The Word of God was not given for your information, but your transformation. And we can go just like that butterfly that was that ugly, ugly worm thing that comes out and is transformed into something beautiful. We can live beautiful lives, everlasting lives, abundant lives now and for eternity when we allow the Word of God to transform our actions, to transform our attitude, to transform our relationships. That transformation is beautiful. Have you had your dark soul, your dark heart transformed by the light of Jesus? If you've not accepted Jesus as your personal Savior, then, a, then accept him today. Bring the gospel light into your life. And if you have been saved, are you following him? Are you allowing his light to shine through you? Would your life look differently than everybody else who doesn't know Jesus? Would they see that there's something special about you? If today is the day that you need to accept Jesus Christ as your salvation, we want to encourage you simply to pray through the gospel. Tell God that you're a sinner. Ask him to come into your life and to save you. Tell him that you believe that Jesus died and rose again from the dead. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, I say it every week, you will be saved. And if salvation is a part of your life, live like it. Don't live like this world. Number two, if you let your life shine, think integrate, not isolate. Think integrate, not isolate. Here's one of the great dangers of Christianity that we can, because of the darkness out there, think to ourselves that we've got to isolate, that we've got to shelter, that we've got to bubble up, and we've got to get to this place where we're protected from the evil, dark things that are out there. Listen, resist the temptation to isolate. The Bible says that we are to be in the world but not of the world. We so often think that that means we've got to remove ourselves from the world's influences, from the world's connections, from the world's problems. And look, we just went through some of the world's problems a couple of minutes ago, and yeah, it gets scary, and you just want to grab your children, and you want to hold them tight, and you want to like get them away from all the darkness out there. Think, integrate, not isolate. See, God said you're salt of the earth. That means you've got to be spread out all over the earth. You are needed in your neighborhoods. You are needed in your schools. You are needed in your workplaces. That light has to shine. You're supposed to put it brightly on a hill, not keep people away from it. You see, if we isolate as a church, if we resist the, the assignment to integrate into our communities, to be embedded into our neighborhoods, if we pull ourselves out completely, we are not then able to rub shoulders. We're going to have the Dead Sea problem. How would you like to be a sea with the name Dead? Uh, that's the uh, sparkling blue clear water sea, and that's the Dead Sea. 
How does something get the name De- Death Valley? Who wants to go there, right? There's a problem with that valley. There's a problem with the Dead Sea. Do you know why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea? Because literally nothing can live in it. Do you know why nothing can live in it? If you put a fish in the Dead Sea, it's going to die. If you put a plant in the Dead Sea, it's going to die. If you put a dog in the Dead Sea, that's dark. But anything, anything in there is not going to survive. Why? It's got too much salt. It's got too much salt. All the salt has been condensed into one place. And there's so much salt that nothing else is able to live in there because the salt has overwhelmed that sea and killed it. Sometimes as Christians, we think if we all gather into the same place and we, if we just live with ourselves and if we just got rid of anybody who didn't believe the way, if we didn't hang out with anyone who had different politics than us, if we didn't live in neighborhoods, where, if we could have all of our kids sheltered from any other kids who thought differently, then, then we will just be safer and better. But no, you're just going to kill everything. It becomes the Dead Sea problem. A salt wasn't designed to be lumped together in one place. The salt is designed to be spread out all over the place. There is a perfect amount of salt that God has designed for this world. And when you eat a french fry that has just the right amount of salt, it's amazing. If you eat a french fry that has too much salt, you're like, oh, that's so good. If you eat a french fry where they forgot to put the salt, that's terrible too. There's just the right amount of salt for the perfect french fry. And God wants us to be a perfect french fry. Tweet that one. He wants us to be spread out into our communities, and to rub shoulders so that we can be life and light. Here's the challenge for today. And here's where I think so many of us struggle. I know I do. When we see the darkness around us, we get disgusted by it. When we see people living in a way that they shouldn't live, we, we become self-righteous, we become pious, we become judgmental. But they don't know any different. They don't know Jesus. I remember growing up, I was challenged, not by anybody in my family, but a teacher or someone. When I heard somebody on, on I played in a community soccer league. When I heard somebody on the community soccer league curse, that I was supposed to correct them. And it went like this. If they would say, oh my God, I was supposed to say, don't talk about my dad that way. I never did that. (laughs) Why would I correct somebody else's language who doesn't have the same father I have? What would, why would they in any way, how does that help them in any way? Why would I try to correct their behavior while their heart is still dark? What I need to give to Jesus, what I need to give to other men is not good behavior. I need to give them Jesus. So I love them in the darkness. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we used bad language. He died for us while we were in wrong relationships. He died for us while, while we were addicted. He died for us when we were sinners. He loved us in our sinfulness. And God calls us to love our neighbors, yes, even in their sinfulness, even in their darkness. So we can remind ourselves not to be surprised when the darkness is dark. Let's not be surprised when the world makes a different decision than Christianity would make. That's what's going to happen. That's how it works. 
And what they need is not me to come in self-righteously declaring to them that they're making the wrong choice. What they need for me is to live by example a bright light that gives them an alternative lifestyle to look at. I have joy in difficult times. I have peace in the storm. I have love to give because I have received all of those things from my, from my Savior. And I want to offer you that same relationship with Jesus. I want to give you Jesus. Then once you have Jesus, we can talk about how that causes you to live different. But not before. God says, don't be surprised when the darkness acts like dark. And the, the pious religious people got so self-righteous when Jesus would eat with sinners, when he would hang out with prostitutes and tax collectors. They got so mad at him, but that's who Jesus surrounded himself with. Why? Because they're the ones that needed the light. So we fight to stay bright, and we think integrate, not isolate. So in the 2021, 2022, and as we conclude this whole series, how can you be brighter for Jesus? What do you need to put into your life to be more consistent with your walk with God. Maybe it's 2022, I'm all in with the church. I'm going to join. I'm going to be a part of Branch Life. I'm going to be there each and every week. I'm going to serve. Maybe it's I'm going to get involved with a, a, a small group. Maybe it's, maybe it's going to be I'm going to be reading God's word and it's going to allow it to, to flow into my life. Maybe it just means I'm going to be more intentional with how I'm going to love other people. And I'm going to pray that God opens my arms to the community around me in a way that he's never done it before. Maybe it's, maybe it's a spirit of confession that you need to bring before God and say, I have to tap into that confession moment. I've got to come to him and confess this in a powerful, powerful way to see that happen. So you're, you're, the power of confession, the, the value of community, and this amazing opportunity to live differently, to choose Jesus. And stop choosing the world. What if in 2022, somebody gets baptized because of you? What if in 2022, somebody knows Jesus better because of you? What if in 2022, the world around you, wherever God has placed you, gets a little bit better? So ask yourself this question. Who is getting baptized? Who is getting to know Jesus? And is the part of my world getting any better because of me? Because of Jesus' light inside of me. If we can pray for you in any of these ways, and as a church, we want to be better together as we pursue these things, shining brightly for Jesus, because we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Jesus' light shines in us, and we can pass it to other people. Dear God and Heavenly Father, as we think about these moments together, we ask, Lord, that you would seal in our hearts how we can be brighter for you. Lord, would you speak to us clearly? God, would you challenge us uh, to take specific steps in the days and the weeks ahead to fight for brightness? And Lord, would you lead us to those moments, to those places, uh, to those people where we can shine for you, where we can demonstrate the love of Jesus in your great name so that many would come to know you as personal Savior. So Lord, that, so Lord, that there would be many who would grow deeper in their knowledge of who you are. And so that God, our homes, our communities, our neighborhoods, our country would be a brighter place because God, your light is in it through each and every one of us. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you.
Hey guys, thanks again for diving into God's word with us. We hope that it spoke to you in a special way. Don't forget to fill out that connection card before you log off. You can go to branchlife.church to find that, or you can just click the link that was shared in your chat. Hey, if this was a blessing to you, it would be a favor to us if you would pass the word along, share it online, tag a friend, or hit the like or subscribe buttons. All of those things just do a a lot of good, and we would appreciate that very, very much. We hope that you have a great Christmas season, and anytime you want to connect with us, you can find us right back here. So join us next time as we continue on uh, in God's Word.